For the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about the steps that we took towards the road to redemption. And today, specifically, we're going to just be talking about the aftermath of the confession of infidelity and really the specific timeline of what went on those first few days after I found out about Heather's affair. So stay tuned. Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. We've got a great topic for you today. Actually, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive into a little bit of a timeline of what happened following Heather's confession of infidelity back in 2011. So, so many of you, um, you find us because of our story and a lot of you ask questions like, where should I be on this road to redemption? And, you know, what are the steps that I should take? And so we wanted to take just, um, we know it's going to take probably a couple of episodes because we've kind of split it into two different parts um, of the timeline. So we're going to start that today. And really the reason why we started thinking about this is because our new website is about to come out. Um, sometime, probably in the next couple of weeks. We don't know when people are actually listening to this. Uh, But one of the things that our web designer had asked us to do was to come up with a little bit of a timeline for the homepage that would just catch people's attention on, you know, the dates of certain things that happen. And so as we were working on this this week, I just started thinking about, really, I thought mostly about those first few days and just how... I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a blur in some ways, but there's also a lot of things that I just remember real clearly. And I think that by us kind of voicing it and putting it into words, it may help some people out there that are going through uh, what we went through. And, you know, they're more than likely they're not going to be in the first day or two or three days like us. But but maybe there's some things that we went through that they'll be able to go, well, you know, we didn't really take that step, and maybe that's why we're kind of stuck where we are. Um, and so, I don't know, I thought it would just be, I thought it would be a, um, maybe some encouragement to people. And, and again, when we were talking about this a minute ago, we admitted, you know, that our story is different. Everybody's story is different, but all we can tell is what we did. Yeah. And, you know, and through that, you know, you're saying somebody may listen and think, oh, we didn't take that step. Maybe we should have. But we also are going to be able to say, don't take that step. Yes. <laughs> you know, this is where we may have messed up or this is where we could have done done something differently. Yeah. No, that's good. Because when I was sort of trying to jot down the timeline, that is one of the things that I thought about was that nobody was guiding us right. through this. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I look back on it, you know, in amazement because I really do believe that so much of our guidance was just the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that was protecting us and guiding us along because we had, there was no timeline. Nobody handed right. us this timeline right. like this. Mm-hmm. And so... So what we really want to do is we, we kind of want to spell out the whole entire first year. But today, specifically, mm-hmm. we want to go through just kind of the aftermath of just the blow up. Right. You know, right. You know whenever there's um, some big catastrophe 
you know, those first yeah. few days. You were talking about calling it the road to redemption. And I said, well, in order to talk about the road to redemption, we have to actually talk about the crash. Yeah. Like actually how, you know, as soon as the crash happened, the aftermath of that. Yeah. So we'll just we'll just start. And so many of you know our story and you'll probably hear a few new details in here that just kind of tell you, you know, some of the things that happened over that really the first week or so, about 10 days is, is where we're going to try to talk talk through right here. Um, but t- it was a Tuesday, August the 23rd of 2011. So that's 12 years ago. And we just recently did a did an episode on the anniversary. Um, and, you know, part of the reason why I, want, I know I keep, keep stopping, but I really think that that first year, there's so much growth but it's also so hard because of all of the anniversaries. Everything is a first. Everything is a, you know. And so these are the things that we kind of thought through even after that first year. And so I just want to, um, I, I do feel like there's something special about that first year. Mark, once you get there, you know, then everything just seems a little bit new again. Right. Um, so let's, uh, let's just talk through it. All right. So Tuesday, August 23rd of 2011, that was the night that you confessed to me. And so it was late at night. You came, I mean, this was probably 11 o'clock at night, maybe even later. I had been at a meeting and you came, um, after I came home, woke you up, uh, from being in bed with one of the kids. And we went back to the, to our bedroom and you said that we needed to talk. And then you said, I've messed up. You said, I've messed up really bad. And then you told me that you had been unfaithful. So at that point, I had no idea what to do. And so I left the house. And I actually went to somebody's house to tell them what had happened. Now, when I, when I think about who I went and told, it's, it's even that is amazing to me because as much as I was so angry with you and I mean there was like I I don't even know the words to describe how devastated hurt angry all of that but I went to somebody that didn't really know you and I went because to that person because I knew that I could trust them but also because I I was trying to protect you because I didn't know what was fixing to happen. Like I didn't know, and honestly, I didn't know if anybody would ever find out about this. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, like besides me, you and the person I was about to tell. Right. And so it was somebody that I knew wasn't close to you. So it wasn't, they weren't going to think any different of you. And so I was thinking about that. And this part of it, I just think that it's so important that, when something like this comes out, that it's not just you and your spouse mm-hmm. that knows about it. Because somebody has to be able to speak into it, pray for you, give some advice. But the person that you choose is also pretty important at that point. Absolutely. And I I can't, when I look back on it, I can't even believe that you were thinking about me at that point. You know, like... You could have gone to several different people that it could have looked really bad on me. And, of course, people know our story now that it's obviously 
exceedingly public, but we didn't know it was going to be public at that time. Mm -hmm. So you were careful about who you told, but then it was also somebody that was wise and could speak truth into it and not just what you wanted to hear. Yes, because it was also a lawyer. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. like, that played a part in it, too, because I didn't know. Like, mm-hmm. I like I wanted, I wanted to protect my children. Right. I wanted to protect my family. And whether you were going to be a part of that going forward, mm-hmm. I needed to know the steps. Sure. And so, again, I got just, I mean, it was great because it was a friend, but it was also somebody that could give like you said, some advice that maybe I didn't want to hear. Right. And there was some of that. So that was that was really good. So I finally came home and, uh, you know, I know, I think we've said this before, but it was really ironic to me that you were really worried about me and where I was. And thinking back on it, it was probably because you had no idea who I was off telling and you were scared to death. You didn't want me telling somebody that was going to hurt you or hurt your reputation. Mm -hmm. And you just kept saying, where are you? When are you coming? Are you coming home? Where Mm -hmm. are you? And I don't know. I kind of think I enjoyed (laughs) the putting you through a little bit of pain. Well, I also was thinking about our children because I didn't want them to wake up and daddy not be here and me not know, you know, exactly what to say because obviously I was the problem. Right. So, you know, it was, it, there was a lot of things going through my mind. Of course, I was worried about my reputation, who you were actually telling, what they were going to think about me. Mm-hmm. And then also, gosh, please come home before the boys wake up. And because that was a whole nother dynamic. Yeah. So I finally came home. I don't know. It was sometime in the middle of the night. And, you know, it could have been two or three in the morning. I do remember driving down to our, uh, the, the clubhouse area of our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So where the neighborhood pool and stuff, and I just sat there for a long time in the in the parking lot, and I know I was praying and thinking, and just, I mean, I was a wreck, had no idea what to do. And so I finally came home, and I went and slept with one of the boys. There was no chance that I was getting in the bed with you. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's one of the things I want to, I want to point out and tell people, like, those are the kind of things that nobody tells you. Is this okay? Should I be doing this? Am I being foolish? Am I am I being too hard or whatever? That's something that's really important. I mean, to me, the bed, our bed, our marriage bed was a very sacred thing, and it had been violated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, there's no chance that I'm getting in this mm-hmm. bed with you. Mm-hmm. And so... I did. I went that night and slept in the bed. And and we've told that story, too, because that's where I started searching for how to save my marriage. Right, right. I couldn't find anything. Right. Go ahead. And, well, I was just going to say, and that I can hear somebody saying, why didn't you kick her out of the bed? Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine, too. Like, which whatever you had chosen. Well, and to be honest, I didn't want you to go get in bed with either one of my boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I was so disgusted with mm-hmm. you that it was sure. it was like no I'm going Protecting I'm going to protect mm-hmm. my children mm-hmm. and you can stay back here in this in this bed um, but that is the night too that again I have no idea why God would put it on my heart within hours but just to start searching for ways to save our marriage and 
I couldn't find much stuff. There's not, you know, again, not a lot of people out there talking about this kind of stuff. But that is where I found the marriage intensive um, that we had a little bit of a knowledge of. And so I kind of put that in the back of my mind, but never really brought it up to you until much, much later. So we get up the next morning. I take the boys to school. You're at home. At that time, you didn't have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a couple of little, a couple of part-time jobs that you were working, but I took the boys to school, and I'm driving back home, and I realize because I'm passing our church where we let, lead worship at our we were we were on the worship team led worship at our church. Your dad was the minister of music, and it hit me that we were supposed to sing that Sunday, um, like together, me and you were singing like a duet. And I just was like, there's no chance that I'm getting up there and singing with you. I'm not getting up in front of people in this church and trying to pretend like I'm going to worship. And so I called you and I said, hey, I need to go tell your dad what's happened. And I think you freaked out a little bit. And I said, you can either come with me or I'm going to go tell him by myself. And so... I think I came home and got you, and then we went up there and told mm-hmm. your dad. Um, super hard, obviously, but um, let it, let him know what was happening. And again, not just because it was a uh, something that was going to affect us outside of our family, um, but I think it was really important that we told family members that you know that we knew would support us and i know that there's people out there that are like well i don't have that support system mm-hmm. and so i get it and again we're just telling you our story yeah and we knew my dad would say what do i need to do to help mm-hmm. i mean we knew that um and again there there's probably people out there that if they said yeah if i told my parents that they would say leave her yeah. you know and so you have to be careful um who you choose to let in in your inner circle like mm-hmm. that yeah definitely so we did and of course he was he you know it, it crushed him but at the same time he was like hey i've got i know a counselor let me make the phone call right mm-hmm. now and see if i can get y'all into counseling and he said you know i'll pay for everything and so <clears throat> we um like he he tried to I, he might have even tried to call right then but i just remember him later that day calling us and I think he told us we could go that day Mm -hmm. he did and so we went I mean this is crazy like less than 24 hours later we were in the counselor's office Mm -hmm. and neither one of us had ever been to any type of counseling Mm -hmm. before um, professional counseling like and I would say that 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 was a great thing that we were able to get into somebody that quickly we didn't really have time to brush it under the rug or try to figure out how we were going to hide it. It was just, we need help. And so being able to get into somebody that quickly was amazing. Yeah. And like Heather said, there's some things that we would recommend, some things we wouldn't. And yeah, I would say, you know, finding those people that you can trust and talk to, but then also, you know, as soon as you can get into some sort of counseling and, you know, that was hard. Um, I Honestly, I don't think much was accomplished mm-hmm. in that first session. But 
I believe that so much of that was because I didn't know the whole truth right. and you had not told mm-hmm. all of the truth yet. Right. So we go to counseling and at least there's this, all right, we're going to, we're going to try to make this work. Mm-hmm. And that was, I guess, what came out of that counseling session was that we were willing. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that both of us were willing to go to counseling is, was a good sign. So the next day was a Thursday because that was, that was Wednesday. The next day was a Thursday. And I went and went, I remember getting up and going running out at the trails where I always go. And I just felt led to reach out to a friend of mine that we'd sort of had an on and off relationship through the years, but he was an older, um, older friend that was a pastor of a church in the area, not, not a church that we attended. And I mean, I specifically remember the text to him that just said, Hey man, life has thrown me a little bit of a curveball, and I need to talk to you. And, and he said, he actually told me a time like that morning, he was like, come, you know, he told me what time to come over. And so I went over to his house. Which I think was 100% God's grace. Because what, however you worded it, it put it on his heart that this was really important. Yeah. It wasn't, how about next Friday? Right. You know, it was, and I'm sure some of that is because y'all didn't talk all the time. And he was like, man, if he's reaching out to me, it must be a big deal. But I just think that, that all of that, like God is so big in those areas that he even put it on this guy's heart to be not just accepting, but how about right now? Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I guess I've thought about that a little bit, but probably not in that way. And I think that that's, that's so important. Um, and, I, and I remember going over there and I remember us because he went home. Like he, he said, hey, I've got something, and then I've actually got to go by the house. Why don't you just come to my mm-hmm. house? So it wasn't like I was going busting up in his church in mm-hmm. his office. I mean, he went home to meet with yeah. me, and I'd never been to his house before. I mean, this guy it's not like we were that, that sure. close. So I go to his house, and I remember just telling him everything that had happened, and just his, I mean, his reaction to it was just, perfect. It was like, this is what I need. I need somebody that can journey through this with me. And we cried, he cried, we sat on the couch and, you know, we prayed a lot, but at the end of it, it was, you know, Hey, I'm here every step of the way was Mm -hmm. basically what it was. And that was such a comforting feeling. And I'm telling you, if you don't have somebody to journey with you, Go find somebody. Mm -hmm. You have to have somebody to journey. The other thing that he did was he encouraged me to go and tell my parents. And I was really, really worried about that because we had such a great relationship with my family. And you had such a long history with my mom. She actually taught you in kindergarten. I keep laughing into this (laughs) microphone. It sounds terrible. But yeah, I mean, like she was my kindergarten teacher. Like my first memory of her was her right. I mean, walking down the steps of the church with me where I went to kindergarten. That was pre-public kindergarten. And she walked down the steps with me because I was afraid of elevators. Yeah, Like she just, you know, I mean, that was my first memory of my mother-in-law. And then, and we had walked through so much together. It was just, I knew it was going to be super difficult for them to know. And I was worried about that relationship too. Yeah. I went over there and of course they were incredible and it was so hard for me to tell them. Um, 
you know, because, I mean, they they just thought so much of both of us mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just knowing that it was breaking their heart to to know that we were fixing to have to go through this journey. So, <clears throat> sorry, I finished, you know, I finished up there and I don't remember, you may can, you may know these details a little bit better and I may have things a little bit out of order, but I remember at some point we were in two separate cars and we were communicating a little bit and we ended up in the parking lot of Kroger. Do you remember this at no. all? Okay. No memory. Mm. Well, I remember us being there and I had no idea what you were doing. Like, like I didn't know what you were doing. I was kind of off doing my thing, trying to figure out how to heal. No clue what you were doing. And so we met up there and I was like, what do you do? Like, what is your plan? And I think you had your Bible in the car and you kind of fed me some, I don't know, maybe it wasn't bull crap, but I, I'm pretty sure it was bull crap. But you were like, I'm just going to try to get away. Because I know that's what our counselor had said. He said that you needed to get away, think through some stuff. And so you were like, I'm just going to get away and think through some stuff or something like that. And I was like, okay. Well, our counselor had also recommended a book and told me to go get this book. That would be the next thing that I would say. I went, I went to a bookstore and bought a book about a fair recovery. I mean, who dreams of ever having to buy a book like that? So that was hard in itself. But this particular book, I'm not even going to say it on the air. It was a, it was a decent book, but I'm not going to say it because it wasn't written by a Christian. And I knew that, um, and he told us up front, but that would be the thing that I would say, I wish I'd, I, I it was great. It had some great stuff to it. <clears throat> but after having journeyed through this and walked through this, I would just say, find the people that can give you hope for the right reason and the the hope that's backed behind what God can do and the miracles that God can do. And so, anyway, that's a side note, but I'm just saying be really careful about what you put into, like what what you're feeding Mm -hmm. into yourself. And what you're choosing to use as a guide. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is good, there's good stuff out there, but... We're just saying we, the ultimate healer in this is God. And, and so find those people that pour that into you. So you take off somewhere and I can't find you mm-hmm. for a long time. And so I reach out to your dad and we both start panicking quite a bit. And so... I don't know how we found out where you were. Somebody told us, somebody that you had been communicating a little bit with, maybe gave us some sort of a hint that you were going to meet this guy and that you were um, like 45 minutes away from us meeting him somewhere, Um, but we couldn't get in touch with you. We panicked and your dad was like get in the car we're gonna go find her so we're driving and we're both calling we're both leaving messages we can't get in touch with you finally about halfway there you answer the phone and you basically tell us that you 
met up to tell him that you were going to work on your marriage and that, that, that whatever was going on was over. So, if you would like to chime in there, did no, I get any of yeah, that right? No, that's exactly what happened. And, and this is what I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if you know the rest of our story, I was not in a place of brokenness yet. Um, I had been caught, but I was not in godly sorrow. I didn't see my sin for what it was. So I was trying to end things with air quotes um, on my terms by saying, hey, this isn't going to work. I'm going to um, work on my marriage. And I knew that if I told you that I was going to do that, that you would flip out. So I tried to do it secretly. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about it is, and I think the, per, I think the pe- people that have been betrayed, they don't, like, it's still hard. Like, we don't understand and we can't wrap our heads around the fact that there is a breakup that happens with the other person. And, like, even saying that doesn't make sense to me. But there is a real, there's a relationship that has to end and where that was not done correctly mm-hmm. was the meetup in person. Sure. And in a perfect world, you know, what would have happened would have been for the two of us together to discuss, hey, how do we basically say you know, and what method are we going to use to say there does not need to ever be any contact connection right. at all mm-hmm. from this second forward? Right. And that didn't happen. So that is the that is definitely one of the things that we got wrong in that. 100%. Um, but we never even talked about Mm-mm. it because in my mind, I had no idea that that was something that needed to be said. You know, sure. Well, in your mind, to be fair, you're like this. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's over. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, it's yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was a terrible day, to be honest. But we found you, and he was not there anymore. And so you and I got some time to spend there and just. I mean, I think I remember us praying a little bit. I know that your dad was walking around the park where mm-hmm. we were and was just crying out for us, yep. praying for us. And so <clears throat> we ended up coming back together. And so then the next day, I'm driving our kids to school. And on the way home, I'm talking with my mom, and my mom just raises the question, and she basically asks me if I know the whole story. And so at that point, I realized I need to get more information than what I actually have. So I came home and confronted you, and that's really when more information came out that I didn't already know. And you gave me more information that was way bigger than what I had heard on two day, two two or three days before. Mm-hmm. And so that is when really it became public because of the s- different people that were involved and just the mess of it all. Did I say all that yeah. <laughs> in a correct yeah. way? Yeah. No, I mean, 
Yeah, you're crushing it. I keep hearing you clear your throat, and I want people to know you're halfway between a cough and trying not to cry. And that's hard. Like, yeah. all this is really, really hard. And so I'm basically just kind of sitting over here in awe that you're able to tell all of this. Well, you know, after the, the rest of the story kind of came out, um, I contacted our counselor. And I told him, I said, we need to come in right now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, there's lots more details of this, but you'll have to buy our book one day. Um, <laughs> but we we get to the counselor's office. Um, when the rest of the story comes out, uh, because of some of his connections with people that are involved in so much of this messy story, he basically said, I can't be your counselor anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew it was fixing to blow up and be like very, very public. And so I was really worried about you, very concerned about you. And you were hysterical, you know, um, just just crying, sobbing, like screaming almost. And so I stepped away. I actually stepped outside and I called your dad and I said, hey, you know, where are you? And it was his day off, because Fridays were his day off, but he said, well, I had gone to play golf, and I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I've turned, I'm, I've left the golf course, I'm just heading home. And he was literally driving by the counselor's yep. office. Yep. And I said, turn in here right Again, now. only God. Yes. Because he was nine holes in, and he was supposed to play 18, and he just couldn't do it. He was like, I, I got to go. And so after nine, he left his group, and he was coming over the hill like a stone's throw from yeah. the counselor's office but, when you called. And, and like, so so much of this, you, you know, you're probably feeling like, well, y'all are just telling us a story. Well, in a way, we are. We're telling, we are telling a story because so many people are drawn to this story um, because of what happens at the end of the story. Right. Well, there is no, we're not at the end of the story. Sure. But, um, but what you can get from this is how God orchestrated so much of this. I mean, the fact that we had even told our families mm-hmm. about this, you know, the people that we were sharing with, the steps that we were taking, I mean, so much of it is so important to what was going on, and we really didn't even realize it. Right. But what if we had never told your dad? Right. Well, I mean, we wouldn't have been a counseling. We mm-hmm. wouldn't have had this counselor to go to. We wouldn't have been we able to call him. call him and mm-hmm. him come and stop. So. Anyway, all of that, and he stops, and I'm like, please take her home. Like, I don't need to be with her, but I was worried about you. I was worried just about your health, and so he took you home. To his home. To his home, and I kept your phone. Mm -hmm. That was another thing that I thought was I mean, I don't really know why that happened mm-hmm. that way. And I can hear some people going, oh, heck no. Yeah. <clears throat> but the fact that you were like, I don't have a choice in right. this. And I think that that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. And so I took your phone so that I knew there would be no communication mm-hmm. at that point. Well, and I just needed some time with my family, with my mom and dad and my sister came over. I mean, the people who loved me most in the world besides you and the boys were there. And that's who I needed to be with. I needed to be with people who were going to love on me no matter what, who would protect me from my thoughts, from my fears. You know, it was just a really, really 
scary place for me to be in. Mm -hmm. And you put me in the best possible place that I could be without distraction from the outside world or somebody trying to communicate with me, which was, again, a form of protection. So the fact that you were protecting me, um, even though it didn't feel like it to me, because I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You're taking me from my boys. You're taking me from my phone, which in turn was taking the sin away from me because it was the only way that I could communicate with them. That's where so much of it had taken place. Right. And, you know, the next part of this that even for that day, then it becomes, well, what about the kids? Mm -hmm. And I know people, people ask us all All the the time, time. like, Mm -hmm. what do you do about, you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. well, how do you tell your kids or how you can't keep, you got to keep it a secret from your kids. Well, at this point we didn't know, but there are ways. We didn't know. We didn't know what we were going to do. Or how to handle it. How to handle it. Yeah. We just had no idea. That's right. Sorry, I'm I'm thinking. I'm just over <laughs> here. My mind's going crazy. But we said, well, I decided. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going back to our house because, one, I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, just sure. so much, sure. so many things were going through my head. But also, I didn't want to take the boys back there mm-hmm. without you there. Sure. So, I, I don't know. I think I may, maybe I talked to my parents at some point, but we come, came up with this idea to have a sleepover at... Mm-hmm. Nana and Granddaddy's house. Yeah. So my parents, um, me and Luke and Logan, both we all three went and spent the night there, and they thought it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, they've spent the night over there, but never been there when Dad was there. That's right. And so we we're like, let's just have a big sleepover. All the boys, yeah, all the yeah. boys have a big mm-hmm. sleepover, and so that at least bought us some time, sure, to think through things and how things were going to work. All right, so that has basically gotten. <laughs> three days into this mess Mm -hmm. and we are past the time that we normally even uh and hey people are out there going wait 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 tell us more tell us more but i can hear our friend that always says our podcasts are too short she's probably like oh my gosh just finish it (laughs) but i i actually think that this is a this is a pretty good place when we may end up having to go three Three, uh, mm-hmm. three parts with this. But I think this is a good place to stop because this, at this point, most everything is out in the open. Yep. And so the next steps are, I mean, that's the aftermath. And there's mm-hmm. still a couple of more days of that, actually almost a whole week of that. But this next week and the things that happen during that next week of our life really put us at ground zero that's and right. set, the, set the stage for how we were going to be able to really walk the road right. to redemption. Yeah. yeah. So are you cool with stopping yeah. here? All right. So we're going to stop right here and we're going to pick at, pick back up the story next, next week. So you don't want to miss that. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We love our listeners and appreciate you. Don't forget to put a rating and review. If you get a chance, that helps us a lot, helps more people see our podcast. So thanks for listening. See you next time.